Hello everyone, welcome to episode 613 of Cold Wave Soundcheck, I'm Aaron Pock. This season we're chatting with the performers of the Cold Wave 6 Festival in Chicago, September 29th, 30th, and October 1st. Friday at Metro, the acts are Stabbing Westward, Cold Cave, Dread Majesty, Nation, Demon, and Replicant. Later at Smart Bar will be the Gossicles and Curse Mackey. Saturday at Metro, the acts are Front 242, Severed Heads, Assemblage 23, Static Bloom, Maleko, and Grunvasser. Later at Smart Bar will be End User and Bombardier. Sunday at Metro, the acts are KMFDM, Ogre, Pankow, Boy Harsher, Cyanotic, and Lord of the Lost. For ticket links and more info, head to coldwaves.net. This week we're chatting with Sunday Metro performers Jay Matthews and Augustus Muller. This is Boy Harsher.
we were both kind of in the music scene in Savannah, and um, it was as simple as needing like an opener for a show we were booking. We get through shows, and we had our own like gallery space for um, shows, DIY stuff. So Jay had all these experimental videos, and the plan was for me to score some music to them live, and she was going to read some of her writing on top of it. That went really well, and it just sort of evolved from there. I was just playing solo, and I was playing kind of more like atonal technos material. And then when I started collaborating with her, it started off as like soundscapey things and with a little bit of percussion. But as it evolved, I just had to kind of find a way to make the music fit more with her voice. We never sat down and we listened to stuff or talked about what we wanted it to sound like. It really just kind of came out of thin air. And I think we're kind of lucky that way. Well, Lesser Man, though, was, like, also created while we were in, like, this huge fight, like a breakup. I think what makes the sound really interesting is because we were, like, oftentimes at odds with one another or, like, really unhappy or, like, taking it out on each other maybe with, like, kind of creating this music, too. Like, the lyrics are super angsty, (laughs) like, about me feeling like real I don't know silly or something but also I think Gus you know it's we're big fans of yellow and I think a lot of the music is like yellow too Gus just made like a face so maybe he didn't want me to say that no it's I love yellow (laughs) I love yellow but I honestly hadn't heard yellow until we until we were recording I guess we were mixing the record yeah and the person we were mixing with was like yeah this kind of sounds like yellow Yeah, and then we, like, spent one whole night just watching all these yellow music videos. It doesn't doesn't really sound like yellow, but just, like, one of, like, the bass lines or something reminded of the person we were working with. He said it sounded like yellow. I mean, everyone knows yellow because they were in... Ferris Bueller. (laughs) Day off, yeah. Oh, they're the Oh Yeah (laughs) band. That record, Stella is a perfect album it's like such an amazing piece of work it's like got these amazing pop songs on it and then it's got these amazing soundscapes and like just super surreal like bizarre minimal vocals that like sometimes don't even make sense yeah so cool such a tangible uh, feeling listening to that record you mentioned earlier that um, the lyrics became angsty as as you were in a fight. Is the art better when there's tension, or or without tension, or is it just different? I don't. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, it definitely sucks to work together when there's tension. Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, it's different now because I think then when we were just playing with those songs was when we were kind of reconciling. So we broke up and we like moved away from one another. So it was like, it was a funny process because it was really nice to be around one another again, but then also like, you know, 
there's um, a good amount of baggage, I guess. Does performing any of that, like, open up any old wounds? Uh, no. I mean, yeah, that's, like, one thing that's weird about performing music. The feelings behind the song changes, you know, it, like, definitely evolves, especially if you're performing the same song over and over and over again. And uh, the live versions of our songs are... Very different. Yeah, different from our recordings.
you have a rain stick on stage. Tell me more about that. Yeah, it's this. It's a rain stick. <laughs> it's just, it's not a large one. It's just a pretty modest sized <laughs> rain stick. Uh, and I found it at. Uh, I used to work sound at this like gospel church in Savannah, and I found it in their basement. And it is like looks like it came straight from hell. Like it's like it's pretty scary. Bent metal, and it's like filled with BBs, and it's just like it's pretty messed up looking. Yeah, like someone welded it like years ago. <laughs> like it's pretty. So I just bad thought shape. that would probably be a good instrument to incorporate, and uh, yeah, it's definitely been like kind of a centerpiece to our live set now. It just makes the most insane sounds when hooked up to piezo mic. Maybe this is a dumb question, but what's the rain stick designed to do, or is it an instrument to begin with? Yeah, it's a noisemaker. You know, For you, the church. you shake it. Well, yeah, and they probably also put on, like, rudimentary, like, Bible stories or something, right? Yeah, but so. it's not very long, so it, it doesn't really sustain It doesn't a good sound rain. like rain, so... It's like a shaker. Yeah, so maybe it was just, like, and... Just a percussion. It was an instrument. On the day, he created... Like, I, I, like for an exorcism, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's better to leave the mystique behind it. I think I just want to leave it as I found it in a basement in a church. So you're saying it could have been used in an exorcism. You're not sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying it couldn't have been. So we missed a couple of days because you guys, your your van died. Tell me tell me the story about your van. Was this was this a near and dear van that had gotten you through a lot of hard times? Tell me tell me what happened. No, this is it's, it's a pretty boring story of like just. I mean, it's American still I think heartbreaking. You do the airplane and then I'll... We bought a brand, like pretty much a brand new van in November because we were planning on doing a bunch of touring. It's got like 70,000 miles on it. We've toured a bunch. We've traveled to the West Coast like twice in it. And we were just driving and a truck in front of us hit a manhole cover and the manhole cover flipped and I swerved out of the way to miss the hole but I hit the, the top of the manhole cover and it hit our oil pan which drained the oil out immediately, which I guess destroyed the engine. So we just have to get a new engine in our van. I feel like you started off that story saying that it was boring and then it ended with flying manhole covers. <laughs> it wasn't exciting. It was like, oh, oh, and then you hit it and you didn't think anything happened. It was yeah. like, oh, that's pretty mild. It's like you hit a pothole. Well, yeah, I think the thing is we just were like, oh, like we really, we lucked out because that wasn't terrible. You know, like, it wasn't an accident. It was also in the middle of a torrential downpour in Charleston, and we were just about to go over a bridge. So it was, like, these circumstances that prevented us from really pulling over to investigate. Um, but when we got to the other end of the bridge, we, like, knew we had to pull over because it was acting a little funny. And it was just the engine was basically dying because it was running with no oil. Did you get stuck in a really weird town? Um, yeah, like the weird outskirts of Charleston. So we're like on this like strip mall highway and we didn't have a car, obviously. And so we were just like staying at a hotel that we'd walk to. We'd like walk to the mechanic and then like walk a mile and a half back to the hotel and just watch The Fugitive. Was the mechanic also like the mayor? I don't know. I feel like that in small town, small weird towns, that that's like the thing. Well, no, Charleston's we, quite big, yeah. so it's like not 
like that it was like small in that eerie sense. It was more like the butthole of any city. But Gus got a haircut. We got I mean, we really lived off the land, if you will. <laughs> I it was it's nice. I think they we had would great service. We met some. We spent like a lot of time with the Pet Boys guys. Yeah, we did really get to know the Pet Boys. They're pretty guys. much family now. I mean, <laughs> should listen to Yellow together. <laughs> I don't think they listen to music, so skipped over the. <laughs> it was dead silent in there. Yeah, I mean, it's just gonna be like a sad thing tomorrow when our insurance company tells us that there's more value in considering the car totaled and then we're going to have to figure out how to get home. <laughs> we live in Massachusetts, by the way, we don't live in Atlanta. So what's next for you guys besides doing a lot of touring? Are you working on a, another release? Uh, yeah, we've got a EP coming out in October on a ascetic house four song EP, a bunch of new songs. We're planning a trip to Europe. We're going to do like, through, uh, over three weeks in Europe in November. Yeah, it's really wild, intimidating, too exciting.
On this episode, you heard motion, a realness, and pain. Boy Harsher's new EP, Country Girl, can be pre-ordered at boyharsher.bandcamp.com. Our opening music is Monster Zero by Accumination. Our closing music is Messiah by Splinter Group. Subscribe to the show through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app with the links found in the show notes. Join us next week as we chat with Sasha Konietzko from KMFDM. Our closing segment each week is dedicated to the inspiration for Cold Waves, fallen Chicago musician, and sound man Jamie Duffy. Here's Jen Martinson sharing a memory. There was the first memorial at this art gallery in Chicago, and 30 or 40 people had been invited, and over 100 showed up, and it was this bright, sunny Monday afternoon, and most of those people were definitely not accustomed to being out in bright sunshine in the middle of the day. Um, but it was, it was incredibly heartfelt. It was, you know, this small space with all these beautiful paintings and this, the, this photo show, this slideshow that had been put together. Um, and, you know, Kelly and her sister made AccuCrack cookies. And it was just, it was such a family. Uh, but the thing, you know, walking into that memorial, the thing that just hit me, hit everybody, was it was the first time they had his boots set out. Um, and it was heartbreaking because it was just, it was Jamie, that and, and his jacket and his baseball hats and his wristbands and all these little things that just added up to the shell that should have Jamie in it. and and didn't um so it was that was just a really emotional day um it was the beginnings of of seeing what his leaving us um brought out in people and the connections that his absence started to make 